So today we begin a new sermon series. Uh, what if? What if we prayed? I've been really excited about this sermon series for a couple of months now and just kind of waiting to get to this point to, to be able to, to preach and us share and pray together corporately and as individuals. And prayer is one of those things that maybe is talked about a lot, but maybe sometimes we don't just do it, just pray. And so I, I ask us this question today as we begin this series, what if, what if we prayed? What if as an individual we prayed? What if, if as, as families we prayed for each other? What if as a church we prayed? What, what would happen? What would God do in us? What would God do through us? So I was taken to this passage of scripture that we're going to, over the next several weeks, take it apart piece by piece, if you will, and and. Many of us call this and have referred to this as the Lord's Prayer. And, and as we read this together, if, if you want to put it on the screen, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Very familiar passage of Scripture to us. But I, I, I think if we take it line by line and really look at what Jesus was saying. Jesus would have been a great pastor. He was great in taking so much and putting it into so little. And I could learn from that, couldn't I? Now don't you say amen. <laughs> I'm long-winded, but he, he, he wasn't long-winded. He would take so much and pack it into seemingly so little. And when we start looking into this prayer that is really not that long, but then we just take it piece by piece, we start seeing, oh my goodness, look at what Jesus was, was teaching and look at what Jesus was saying. So let's read it together uh, beginning in verse 9. It says, In this manner, therefore pray, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name or your name. Your kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our Debts, or some translations say our trespasses. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us or, or those who are our debtors who have done us wrong. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil or from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. They said, Amen, which is so be it. So I ask us this morning, I start with a question, who's who? Who's who? When I, when I was in high school, one of the, the big deals was if you would be selected to something that was called who's who among high school students. It was such a great honor, such an honor that if you were selected, you got to pay a certain amount of money so they would put you in their, in their publication. What a great honor. <laughs> Sometimes we think in terms of who's who, of, of a name in lights, or we think of, of a headline in the news. But the focus of this prayer that Jesus gave to us, the who begins with God. The focus, the first part of the Lord's prayer, the focus begins and places the attention on God and off of us. 
Now that said something to me because my prayers can be very egocentric if I'm not careful. My prayers can be very me, 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 me. Now don't get me wrong, God wants us to cast all our cares upon him. But it's interesting to me that Jesus began this prayer with the attention and the focus placed on God and not on us. I believe that's a good model for each one of us to to grab a hold of in our praying. When we begin praying with our focus first and foremost on God, let me say it this way, our attention span, not very long these days, is it? It used to be the generation of the quick clickers. But now we can not just click, click, click at home. Now we pull our phones out and we click, click, click constantly. And our attention span is here and there and boom, 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 isn't it? Rapid fire. But our attention span, life in general needs to increase. Mine does. But especially in regards to God. Our attention span towards God needs to to increase. So I ask us this question as we begin this prayer and as we begin this series. First and foremost, who is God? Who is God? Listen to Revelation 22, 13 that John the Revelator wrote it down. But really Jesus Christ himself said it to John. He said, I am the Alpha. And the omega, the beginning and the end, and the first and the last. I ask us this morning, who is God? 1 Timothy 1.17. As Paul was writing a salutation to, to Timothy, he tries to, to describe God this way. In verse 17, he says, Now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, to God who is alone. I like that part, who alone is. There is no other God. There is none other. There is only one. He is God. He was called by many names in the Old Testament. Yahweh, Jehovah, El Shaddai, etc., etc. But he is only one God. God alone. And he is wise. And then Paul said, may there be honor And glory forever and ever. Amen. Words are inadequate to describe who God is. My feeble pea-brained mind. Now don't say amen when I say that. My feeble pea-brained mind cannot contain who God is. There is no description That is accurate to define who God is. Now listen this morning. I want to be very careful with this next point. Scripture gives us tremendous insight into who God is. Scripture tells us how we can be saved by God through Jesus Christ. Scripture tells us enough about God to get us through this life. But let me be very careful here. Scripture, even Scripture, this word right here cannot adequately fully describe who God is. No book, no literature, no writing could ever describe the greatness and infinity of God. God is an awesome God. And He's our God. 
Yet, we have this great honor to communicate with God. Think about that. This God, this great God has made a way, access that you and I can talk directly to him. So let me ask this question. We ask, who is God? Can I ask another question this morning? Who belongs to God? Who belongs to God? This, this thought of belonging. Have you ever been in a situation or a place where you just didn't feel like you belonged? And, and you just didn't feel like you connected? It's not fun, is it? it, it have you ever felt like that you weren't being accepted? But with God, you and I, through Jesus Christ, we can belong. With God, through, through Jesus Christ, you and I can be accepted in. I thought about it this way when I was thinking about this question, who belongs to God? I began to think about a little boy that, was, that is named Logan. And Logan is the son of, of a youth pastor and his wife in, in our state. And Logan was adopted. Logan was adopted. You see, now he belongs. You see, now he has been accepted. And when I look at that little boy and I think about that family adopting that little boy, it does something for me, emotionally speaking. When they go to the dollar store, guess where Logan goes? He goes to the dollar store. Why? Because he belongs. Why? Because he's been accepted. Why? Because he's part of the family. When they sit down for dinner at night, guess who sits down at the table with them? That little boy named Logan. Why? Because Logan belongs. Logan has been accepted. Logan has been adopted. When things are going good, Logan is there. When things are not going as well, Logan is there. Why Logan belongs. Logan has been adopted. Can I preach to you and I this morning? If we know Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior, we have been adopted by God. And we can look at this prayer and when, when it begins, Our Father, I can say He is my Father. He is my Father. My Abba Father, my Dad, He is mine. I belong to God because of Jesus Christ. Who belongs to God? Whoever comes to God. Let me read some scriptures this morning. 1 John 3, 1 says this, Behold, what manner of love that the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called what? Children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. And you might sit here this morning and you say, well, pastor, I have not been adopted. I cannot say that he is my father. I cannot begin my praying our father. Well, I've got some good news for you. Look at the next scripture, John 14 and 6. It says this, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. What does that mean for you and I? It means there is an open 
invitation to be adopted by God through Jesus Christ. You see, adoption is an expensive process. You need lawyers and judges and legal rights and money. But I want to tell you, spiritually speaking, all the debt, all of the legality has been paid by Jesus Christ. And you and I can be adopted into his family. So no wonder when I pray, our Father who art in heaven, I can pray with confidence. Because I belong to him. Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrated his own love toward us. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. All right. So we have tried to give a little bit about who God is. We have tried to talk a little bit about who belongs to God So now I want to turn into some verbs here and some action. And I want to ask us a question this morning. We know who God is. What if we prayed? What if we prayed mindful of who God is? What if this year when we prayed, we reminded ourselves who we are praying to? I believe it would revolutionize our praying. The word that I'm looking for right here is confidence. Confidence. When I pray to God, I can fully rely on Him. Not some of the time. Not even most of the time. All the time. I can pray with confidence. Numbers 23, 19. I love this scripture right here. It says, God is not a man that he should lie. You ever been lied to? Lied to, cheated on. Sounds like a country song. (laughs) God is not a man that he should lie. You and I, we've all been lied to. We might have lied to a few folks if the truth be known. But God... It's not a man that he should lie. I've been lied to, you've been lied to, but we've never been lied to by God. Not one time, nor nor will we ever. Nor is he a son of man that he should repent. God has never sinned. God has done nothing wrong. God is fully holy, and God has nothing to repent for. God, in fact, has a track record that is perfect. God is in control. Everything that God has done from the beginning to the end has been righteous. God has no need to repent. Has he said and will he not do? Have you ever had a promise made and a promise broken? Maybe we've made promises and then we have broken them. But if God has said that he will do it, he'll back it up. He'll do it. If God's word says it, he'll perform it. No questions. Take it to the bank. Confidence. Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? So what if we prayed mindful of who God is? 
Now let me, let me ask us another question here this morning. We've talked about who belongs to God. So let me ask the second question. What then if we prayed as if we know we are mindful that we belong to God? So when we look at this first passage of, of this prayer, our Father who art in heaven, what if we prayed mindful of who God is? But then secondly, what if we prayed mindful knowing that we belong to God? One of the old writers put it this way. When I thought about how, how do we make this point, how do we answer this question, praying mindful that we belong to God. Franny Crosby wrote it this way, using this wonderful word, assurance. She said, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchased by God, born of his spirit, bought by his blood. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long, we can pray with assurance. We can pray with assurance. Psalm 18.30, as for God, his way is perfect. I'm talking about assurance. The word of the Lord is proven. Again, I'm talking about assurance. And he is a shield to all who trust in him. When the things of this world of, are being thrown at you from any number of directions and any number of ways and the trials and the problems and the afflictions that come our way as we live this life, I promise you this, he's a shield. He's a shield to all who trust in Psalm 116 and 5, the last scripture that I'm going to use this morning. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is merciful. That scripture did something for me this week when I, I just, such a little verse. I just, that one word grabbed me, gracious. God is gracious. You say, Pastor, does he, does he love me? He's gracious. Yes, he loves you. Does he, does he still care for me even though the way I have lived my life is not really pleasing to him? I've done a lot of things that just shouldn't have done and been a lot of places I shouldn't have gone. And, and I just wonder sometimes, would he love me? I want to tell you, God is gracious. Wow, God is gracious. And if I'm standing here today, if you're sitting here this morning, I just want to tell you, he's gracious. His grace is extended to you. And we all can start again because his mercies are new every morning. <laughs> Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. The Lord is gracious 
So from my heart this morning, I say to us, what if, what if we prayed in light of these things? Now, I'll just tell you that this is, might not have been the best sermon you've ever heard in your life, but it sure has been better than Fox News and CNN and Headline News. <laughs> so, so, so what if we prayed in light of this good news that we have heard from the Word of God this morning? What if we prayed and said, God, you are so great God, I belong to you. God, you are gracious and merciful. God, you have a plan for my life. If it means a new beginning, then I step into the new beginning. If it means getting back up, I'm getting up. If it means pressing forward, I'm pressing forward. But wherever I find myself, I find him. And I find that he is gracious. And he'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. But he will go with me. Even until the very end. So last week, we ended 2019 rejoicing together. So I say this morning, how about we begin begin 2020 praying together how about it this morning how about we just spend a little time before we go down and have some biscotti how about we spend a little time in the presence of the king who is eternal and is immortal in the presence of this gracious God and say God I'm not worthy this morning but by the gift of your son I approach your throne is that all right this morning? By the gift of the graciousness of the sacrifice paid by Jesus Christ, I approach you this morning. I come before you, our Father. Say that with me. Our Father. Oh, let's say it one more time. Our Father. What if we just come to him this morning and say, You are my Father. Hallowed be thy name. Glory to his name. What if we prayed, mindful of who he is and mindful that we are his? That's what I'm going to ask us to do this morning, to begin this year in prayer. Would you stand with me all over this house? We have plenty of time. The crock pots are boiling and the ice is melting. But we have plenty of time to spend in prayer. To our Father, who is in heaven. Can I just tell you, I have sensed his beautiful presence in this place all morning long. From about the time I came up on this campus, and I just believe that he wants to bless you today. I just believe that he wants to lay his hand upon somebody, maybe many, maybe all of us this morning, and remind us that we are his and he is ours. So I just want to invite you to come and pray this morning. All over this building, can we, can we come around the altar and begin to pray? If, if you're not comfortable coming, and you're, that's all right. Make an altar where you are. Some may want to kneel and pray right where you are or, or bow your head 
at your, at your seat, it's okay. But all that would want to come and pray around the altar, that's okay too. Maybe you want to come and stand before the Lord. You know what? The posture and the place to me doesn't matter this morning. I just believe we ought to pray. How about we just begin to pray all over this building? Let us pray this morning. If you want to come and pray up here, you are welcome. If you want to pray right where you are, pray right where you are. But how about we pray this morning? How about we-